T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It is 716. Quickly to Stephen Stewart and Susie Dudas, Vice President, uh, Stephen's Vice President and Research Director for the Bureau of Governmental Research, BGR. Susie's a research analyst at BGR, Bureau of Governmental Research. Good morning, sir and madam. How are y'all? Great. Good morning, Thanks Tommy. How are you? Uh, I don't know. Are you two in the same room where you can look at each other or not? No. <laughs> okay. Well, then y'all can decide who, who's going to answer what when because... I can't see you either, so we'll make it work. How much did the city of New Orleans get for uh, COVID-allocated expenses? So it got $388 million um, from the American Rescue Plan Act, the ARPA program. Um, That was the largest um, allocation for a local government in Louisiana. Um, And it got it in kind of what they they called two tranches, two different uh, half of the money in the spring of 2021, and then the second half approximately a year later. Well, uh, $380 million, correct? 388 388 Well, you can't account for every penny now, can you? Uh, as the it's old a, joke it's goes. It's about 1000 It works out to about $1,000 uh, per resident of New Orleans. So uh, were there any strings attached to the money as far as how it could be spent, and where did the city decide to spend this money? So the, the rules, the, the federal rules, uh, which are, are quite lengthy for spending the money, um, are all spelled out and, and the same for all basically across the country, local governments, state governments, um, municipalities receiving uh, funding through ARPA, American Rescue Plan Act. Um, although the spending categories, the eligibility were pretty broad, there was a lot of flexibility, although there's certain rules in some ways you can't spend the money. Um, a lot broader and more flexible in general than something like FEMA funding we get, which is often for a specific capital project or initiative. Here there was, we consider a lot of flexibility, particularly in one category um, that was called the the revenue replacement category, allowing governments to sort of replace revenue that was – "Quote unquote lost because of the pandemic. Basically, governments would have, you know, had higher revenue if it hadn't been for the pandemic. So that was a pretty, you know, open um, category in terms of funding all kinds of government services it could um, or or infrastructure. So where did the city allocate that money, and what benefits have been uh, gained as a result of it? Stephen, you want to talk about that one? Sure, sure. So the the city initially directed the first half of the American Rescue Plan money to its police and fire departments. And what that enabled it to do is to free up its general fund revenue uh, that would otherwise go to those departments and use that to prepare for what it thought would be projected funding gaps in the budget. Um, However, those, based on our research, those funding gaps did not materialize because expenditures came in below budget and revenues were better than expected. So the city was actually able to save a good bit of that general fund revenue. And now it's 
fund balance uh, has grown to more than $200 million. All right, let me take a break. We come back, we'll talk about have there been any benefits from it? Has the city been as transparent in spending this money as you'd like? And what are your recommendations? We're talking to Stephen Stewart and Susie Duds, both with the Bureau of Governmental Research. They've done a uh, study about how the city has spent the pandemic funds or not that they've received, and they have some recommendations about transparency, et cetera. 720 traffic now, WWL. 725, Tommy Tucker, WWL. Quickly back to Stephen Stewart, Susie Dudas, both with the Bureau of Governmental Research, BGR. We're talking about $388 million that the city got in pandemic funds and now we're to have there been any benefits of it and has the city been as transparent in spending the money as they could have been thoughts Susie or Stephen sure one of our main findings in the report is as Stephen was discussing with sort of the the budget gaps that were anticipated that this money was going to be used for not really materializing that in, in a sense a lot of this money hasn't been spent it's sort of transformed into now going into these um, the financial reserves, the general fund balance that is there. Um, I think you could say that having the money there and when there were these anticipated budget gaps and the uncertainty of budgeting during a pandemic, maybe it gave the city some sort of confidence in a sense to have this money to, to, to budget a certain way. But ultimately, as we said, you know, wasn't um, really, really with the spending and, and then with the gain in revenue in this year, wasn't really um, – spent kind of transformed into these reserves but going forward that then becomes sort of the issue of of being sure that the the reserves the plans for spending the reserves um are going to to be to be beneficial um the city has allocated decided to allocate about 100 million of these reserves for its 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 emergency financial cushion which bgr has pointed out in the past used to be lower than best practices. This will bring allow it to bring it up to, to best practice levels to be able to have um, the funding necessary to face emergencies like hurricanes to deal with expenditures before um, FEMA would come in and also keep a strong credit rating, keep costs of borrowing low. So that's a benefit um, that, that we see. But going forward, being sure with now spending the second half of the funds as well as its plans for, for spending the fund balance, um, our recommendations are towards making sure some of these gaps that we saw in transparency before and information to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, and that's really where our recommendations go towards um, first making sure that the city provides the sufficient details on the components, the objectives, of the, the spending that's involved in the appropriations of any of these funds. So people can see, residents can see beforehand, this is what the plan is. They can engage with policymakers on that. And then also importantly to follow up what, what really does happen, what comes out. So really, so citizens are able to, to hold policymakers accountable um, and be informed and participate in, in decision-making with the money. Um, also to definitely to, clearly identify the impacts of these are one-time funds on the general fund budget is this going to create any recurring expenditures and if so what's the the plan to deal with that making sure that that citizens are informed of those or is there any potential to to grow future uh the reserves even further and also finally compile all this information in an easily accessible report so that people do not have to sift through various uh, 
records from, from city council meetings and um, everything is easily available. So at the end of the day, people can understand what the plan was and, and what did happen. Where did the $388 million go and, and what were the outcomes you know, of, of those expenditures? There is sufficient oversight on this or has this become a slush fund? The government has its own process. We'll be auditing across the board for all governments. Again, so, you know, across the board, they received this funding. Um, but we want to make sure our guidance was really towards, besides the government's oversight itself, was get, making sure that the people, that the public had sufficient information to hold um, local policymakers accountable. Thank you both. Appreciate your time and your work. Stephen Stewart, Susie Dudas with the Bureau of Governmental Research. Cold weather's coming. We come back, we'll talk to Paul LaGrange, host of the Home Improvement Show and LaGrange Consulting to tell you what you need to do to keep your house safe. Right now it's time for WWL First News. For that, we go to Ian Ozan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.